everybody's kind of fucked up sexually. No one has more power to influence your psychology than the person that you fuck on a regular basis. Yeah. She's the one that gave me. Dive more into you. <laughs> yeah, I want to dive more into your book. Josh, Josh said I read Alexandra this year. That that book was phenomenal. <laughs> Open that book up. <laughs> Spread. Oh <my> it. <laughs> okay. Spread the book open. Spread the book open. <laughs> Put the, book mark, put the bookmark okay. in there. In the middle. Oh my God. <laughs> the big hormone enneagram. Hi, I'm John Lukovich, uh, sexual self press for five wings. Hi, I'm David Gray, self-press sexual 9 with 1974 trifix. What up, it's Emika. I'm an 8 with 7, sexual self-press with 854 fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy. I am a self-press social 3 wing 4 with a 369 trifix. If you like our podcast, guys, make sure you go like and subscribe on the Apple Podcast app. And if you really like us, you should definitely leave us a review. Are you drinking, Nancy? Yeah, I ran out of gin. Um, so I'm drinking my roommate's absolute vodka. And mm. I forgot how shit vodka. And it's grapefruit. Mm. It's Ugh. disgusting. Mm. <clears throat> so. <clears throat> I'm drinking a very delicious lemon liqueur Ooh. from Spain. <laughs> Fancy boy. From, from my favorite place, Trader some, Joe's. Some lemon cello. Oh, no, that's a <laughs> <laughs> The Mixed finest liqueurs <laughs> in Trader Joe's. <laughs> yes. Mixed All with an natural. Italian orange soda. Ooh. <laughs> it's not a real drink unless it's from Trader Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> when I used to work at a bar, uh, all my... Because I used to work... Uh, like um, a door guy, security guard, whatever, and all my coworkers were just like blue collar, you know, stupid nothings. And so I'd order my, you know, order drinks from the bartenders, and they'd be like, I'd be like, I need an orange juice without any ice, with the lime, please. And they'd look at me and be like, You're just like a a, a princess. They call me princess. <laughs> <laughs> they call you princess. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like, that's my new favorite nickname for you. They're like, Emika, you're not black, you're French black. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's phenomenal. French black. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we call y'all, you know, princess fixes, as y'all know. So <laughs> it's real. Yeah, like the French culture. I think I was talking to Joseph yesterday. He sent an article that looked at the different parts of the world and and categorized them by certain personalities we're talking about french culture and it's like french culture has got to be the most distinctively four-fixed culture on the planet absolutely <laughs> absolutely they think their shit is the best and they're just they hate everyone <laughs> yeah they dislike everything and everyone and we'll let it know let you know mm-hmm I don't know what's going to go into the episode or not, but you should share the story of realizing your sister is a seven out of yeah, three. It's, that's hilarious. Like, I haven't seen her in like five years. And I just assumed that oh, she was yeah. a three. And so, yeah, I mean, it's realizing she's a seven. And I had dreamt about it. 
I dreamt about her after the zone. I dreamt yeah, about Yeah, you've been having psychic oh, dreams. Psychic dreams. Oh no, no, no. I remember <laughs> you mentioning this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this. Yeah. For whatever reason in my dream, I just wouldn't let it go. Like, you know, I saw her with this is nine that she always travels with and she was like having fun with her. And the thought that was reoccurring in my head is like, oh, it's sevens that collect nines, but she's not a she's not a seven. And I was having this conversation with myself in the dream. And then so just like so weird that uh you know, once I saw her again, I was like, holy shit, why is she so obnoxious? Have I changed or have she changed? She said something, I'm so fabulous. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm so fabulous. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. seven line right there. <laughs> I'm related to a seven. Oh, yes, no. So, so, so this is like the unconditional positive self-regard uh, that David coined. Mm-hmm. Like, like, can what can Emika or David? Can you elaborate on unconditional positive self explanatory, isn't it? I think so. I mean, just anything <clears throat> the sevens thinking, anything that they are doing or want to do, or it's going to be amazing, or everyone's going to have a good time, or you know, just if 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 they're involved, it's going to be great. But it's more than it's that. Also, the assumption. It, yeah, it's the assumption that everything will also go their way. Like, yes. they'll yes. definitely <laughs> like me. She'll definitely like me. I'll yes. definitely be able to charm them. Everyone's gonna have fun. <clears throat> I'm so, uh, I can get my way because I'm just so beloved and people want to do things and give me things yes. and I deserve it all. Like, like, where does that fucking heat come from? Where does that come yes. from in disgusting. the type structure? <laughs> <laughs> or the other one is... Narcissism? He, for sure he's going to want to sleep with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. Why wouldn't he? Uh, times uh. two and a half. Like, like, all right. So four is double frustration and has, you know, like both a like a a negative self esteem, but also an elitism. Yeah. And then yeah. type one. I mean, that's something we could get into eventually. Is like if one has this like hidden narcissism about like, mm-hmm. right? You know, right. I know what the thing to do is. I'm right, right or whatever. But the seven, like the seven unconditional positive self regarding that it's everybody else's fault. Right. And it's not me. I'm not the, you know, like I'm just the fun one or I'm the good one or I'm the whatever. Yeah. I nope. have not been able to penetrate <laughs> where that comes from. Uh-huh. Other than yeah, one thing is, like, I was going to say, <clears throat> this is a, a little bit geeky, but like the two and seven, really they're both unconditional positive self regard. And that's. You know what I mean? They're at the same spot on the symbol, and they're yeah, they're totally sort of right. the inversions, though, of each other. Like seven is overt, unconditional, positive self-regard, and two is covert. Mm. But they're equally as full of themselves. Yes, yeah. Dude. <laughs> yeah, no, they're equally as like I, I have all the both. goods and deserve all the goods, and people will. Yes, and and I what I'm doing and being is a gift to everyone around me. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a thing of like a assumed. It's almost like assumed royalty. Yeah, you know, yeah. seven. Oh, and you, two you know what? can do it too. And two, yeah. Um, we've had some crazy things happen socially. I mean, I guess we have social crazy things happen every year, but we had some really crazy things happen socially. We did. This, it, this was a crazy year. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, are you kicked off with uh, Joker Nine? Is how are you kicked yeah. off? <laughs> I, I, you know, <laughs> this year that's insane. We had some crazy things, and 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 we well, so I think the first live pod we did was in response to a lot of drama that was happening as a result of the Joker Nine thing, and it's sort of like the drama that was happening in the group. 
So we had to do a pod basically to remind people this is who the fuck we are. Fuck you if you don't get it. And and so I, yeah, I I'm, forgot I'm, who the Joker Nine is. Remember the guy that pissed <laughs> right, all over our fucking. Right, that's right. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus, that was okay. He took that was this he took year. mushrooms. One of the yeah, most, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the most gentle <laughs> mushrooms there. I mean, gentle drugs there is, and had a fucking Just meltdown lost his and mind. was like pissed on our shit and was violent and had to get dragged out by six New York City cops. Was and that then on tried New to play Year's? victim. That was that was in January sometime last year. And then played victim that we abandoned him when he was like, no, you were actually fucking dangerous. You know, that drew kind of a line in the sand because uh, there's a whole bunch of people, that, you know, there was a discord that we were aware of, which was not a big deal to us because like, oh, people talk shit all the time, whatever. But they used that event became sort of like a line in the sand mm-hmm, for a lot sure. of people to play out their gripes against us or you. And, and uh, it was really disgusting to see how, how many people who, who were basically supporting and emboldening someone who was so in the wrong. All he had to do was apologize and fucking pay for the damage. Um, and so that, I think, set the tone for the year in the sense of, oh, boundaries sorting who's in and out yeah 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 uh, Yeah. like i mean that was a real educational moment for me because i have this kind of social blind like yeah whatever kind of thing right and i you know i was kind of like like i'd see emika the way that you would like lock down and i go yeah whatever it's not really you know like it's not that big of a deal yeah it's like an eight thing or whatever but then i was like (laughs) uh no that's all valid valid. no he knows what's up the thing is and then like we are not, we are like very pathetic as a, you know, like, like we don't have much reach as a podcast, all this stuff like this, but <laughs> to get the sense that like, like the, the weirdness that happens when we are in somebody's ear holes week after week, <laughs> yeah, the weird thing, the parasocial thing, yeah, uh, like I understand better why like people who are actually famous go insane. Yes. Yeah. This so year. So bizarre. Yeah. I mean, we got a taste of it last year. I think it was when the soul intercourse thing happened and we knew that the Discord was like talking shit and all this kind of stuff. We got a little bit of a taste of it, but I felt like, man, the Joker 9 episode was was like a, a real, you know, wake up call that this has real implications on my safety if I'm not yep. careful. Um, yeah. And so I'm, even though that was really unfortunate, it was like, I've had something we've had something serious like that happen when david years ago had his you know the natalie situation because i was naive before that i didn't know that that was even possible i didn't know that someone could be that crazy and go to those lengths to ruin someone's life that so that was 2017 i believe 2017 2018 it took like six months to resolve that so i was like yo this is dangerous (laughs) this is actually you know like people we let in like that's the the biggest threat that we have and even still this year and with the last zone that we had we still had some weirdness fucking weirdness <laughs> yeah i was gonna say that parasocial thing definitely carried into this last zone too there was some weird parasocial hunting shit that happened this past one too yeah yeah, yeah. i'm not sad i missed that one to be honest <laughs> i think what we're all learning is just how even you know, as, as a social type, you, Alexander, that creating something like this puts you at a certain height that we are resistant to own and recognize. Yeah. In the sense own that... The role of it. Yeah, there is a, a certain level of respect that we have to maintain with our social position. And you can't just sort of like 
do this sort of like uh, thing where, oh, we're, we're cool. We can just relate as equals because we're not equals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there is a certain level of um, people are seeing us as social objects. And to sort of like say, oh, I did this with Emiko, or I did this with John, or I had this conversation, like it means something because we've created something that means so much to so many people. And to yeah, sort of own just that. Like- also, just the information, there's an information imbalance, too, because yes. these people are listening to you guys talk week after week after week. And, like, you guys knowingly or unknowingly share a lot of personal details that people pick up and track and they create a whole personality profile and then interact with that when you're really still getting to know who these other people are. Mm-hmm. You know, and like what happened to me in January, I know that I'm a social type and I have a six fix, six wing five at that. So I should really be like hyper suspicious. Mm -hmm. And like, honestly, I am. But that still slipped through. And that just, I don't know, made me like really, I don't know, it made me still realize how vulnerable my dominant instinct is. Yeah. You know, kind of in the same way, like social dominant did not give me any leg up in protection. People, beca- I mean, I, I get nervous about people because I feel like people's are like they are carriers like of diseases. Like it's almost like certain perspectives and certain access to uh, certain other people. Or if you're dumb, like you're just gonna bring dumb shit into my life. You're gonna infect me with dumb shit. And and also just the realizing all the different ways that people, because now it's way more nuanced. People are way into our stuff, and there are people who seem cool on the surface and it's like you have to look so much deeper to see if are you do you have good character are you do you actually fit with us not just are you into our stuff do you get it but are you a good fit for the vibe the social sphere that we're in it's like we've said you think that if they're into our stuff and they're you know uh ravenous fans or whatever you just assume they're going to be some modicum level of respect right you know and decency and turns out it's not always the case yeah yeah there's a couple of levels to that because one there's a sort of like um psychological self-sufficiency and like self-parenting that you have to have mm-hmm. um and that i think we assume that other people have when they don't and everybody slips up and like whatever it's fine sure. um but there's something i'm also learning is like just because people play with the information doesn't mean that they're not still looking for um parent looking for a parent yeah Yeah. yes and i think that's a lot of why this kind of weird shit happens is because there is like a psychological outsourcing of parenting that is put on the podcast yeah yeah Yeah. and then it becomes this like completely imbalanced relationship because you can't have an equal partnership with someone that sees you as their parent right Mm -hmm. Yeah, they doesn't need... realize they see you that way even more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've gotten uh, a few of those messages this year of like people like trying to connect mm. with me. Mm. And I, I'm like, I have no idea who you are. Mm-hmm. And it's really bizarre that you're sending me this message. And it's just like, <laughs> like they'll like comment on every story that I yeah. post. I'm like, oh yeah, I did this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dope. <laughs> random human yeah cool. <laughs> yeah i like try to be kind but i'm like like go away <laughs> it's very strange uh this year this year 2022 yeah no i mean i think overall this year has been a good content year uh yeah. i did did a quick listen through like skipping a lot with our last drunk pod and um by the way uh, you know, in the Gurdjieff work, 
they they have this thing called the toast to the idiots, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. which is a, it's like they have these certain essence types, and um, there's like you know there's they might correlate to the enneagram. Who knows? There's twenty something, twenty one of them, I think. But mm-hmm. anyway, it's a whole thing, and like they would get drunk and Gurdjieff would toast the idiots and be like these certain essence types and these certain essence like um, essence defects. So mm-hmm. so essence is not uh-huh. this whole. Uh, right, perfect right. thing. Essence has defects as well. Yeah. Anyway, I kind of feel like this is like and talking with Alexander. This is like our toast to the fools in a certain way, <laughs> which is our our version of toast to idiots. But um, cheers, fools. Cheers, fools. I feel like this year was actually like it was. I'm I'm very exhausted. I'm very burned out. Like I'm super burned out. I'm burned out from clients. Yeah. I'm burned out from all directions. Play last boy, but. Uh, <laughs> what alexander said but uh yeah like i feel like this was a uh, like another really generative year and that we i mean like yeah we're talking about um the live the first life we did (laughs) and that feels like a million years ago right um i don't know i feel like we've just come so far once again and we've just generated so much content once again and we've all had very personal ups and downs once oh, yeah. again. And I don't know, it's just wild to be on the other end of this. Yeah, I feel like uh, this year had a different vibe from last year because last year felt like an explosion. There was a lot of, yeah. you know, we generated new stuff this year. We do, we're going to do that every year. But last year felt like there was a lot, a lot more that got generated. And one of the things that Alexander said in the last live pod was like, well, we've done so much this year that we really need to take time to, take it all in and so when i look at the the podcast list and we i think we generated in some ways more quality but with less episodes um partly because there's so many things yeah this year we did more live pods because that takes more time um and people really appreciated that more but there's just a lot of personal stuff that went down this year and you know just learning to slow down and take things in um and speaking to your feeling sense of exhaustion in the first part of the year, like the first three or four months, I really, really felt burnt out, exhausted on multiple fronts. That stressful first couple months of the year, and of course, break, you know, ending that relationship really taught me to manage my energy and just to see how limited um, I can't really take on so much. And so I had to learn to slow down. And so, you know, even dealing with all the stuff that I'm dealing with now, I'm much more equipped to, you know, because I recognize how much I have to don't take that phone call, wait a day to respond. You don't have to respond to the email right now. You can respond three days later, give yourself time to really take things in. And I also, from the business side of things, I'm not talking to people as much as I used to. I don't, I don't want to do sessions with this, that, and the other. Oh, you want to order another session? No, talk to me in two months. I don't want to talk to you again for a long you know just recognizing that i have a finite amount of energy and this creative stuff needs a foundation of i'm good i feel good patience and time you know like i'm not putting too much on my plate so i'm doing less but i feel like we we did better with less this year yeah and i mean um i made a joke the other day about how our listeners will be like 10 years in the future or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, like there's something something there for me where, I don't know, like I, I know that nobody's going to be listening to us in fucking 10 years in the future, but 
the idea that like there's like the Enneagram is a sacred thing that exploded into the world and that there there is going to be something other than the dumb like watered down bullshit that's out there right now yeah uh you know is is like a valuable thing and like i know like we've done much better this year in terms of getting new listeners and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um but yeah i feel like you know i i feel like our our stuff really represents uh people who give a more of a shit about the integrity of the enneagram than they give a shit about selling mugs on their etsy Mm -hmm. website or whatever you know like or promoting their dumb, I don't know, like, uh, yeah, their BuzzFeed quiz or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's out there, you know, and that's like, that's really important. And um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm happy about that, even though it's been a, like, a, it's a weird, it's been a weird from the Enneagram point of view, a weird year. Yeah. I'm happy about just, we continue to discover things conversationally. I mean, just all the stuff that happened with rejection object mm-hmm. relation stuff i mean just to me it's interesting <clears throat> well first of all that were maybe people hold us with some authority or whatever but you're watching listening to us learn you know kind of in real time yeah new things and and clarifying things and yeah i really appreciate that yeah i i was at some party i think it was like the summer and the organizer of the party i introduced myself told her about the podcast i just named it and she's oh i know that podcast really wow yeah oh that's so so cool and the party was like i guess one thing i'm really happy about and is that our listenership and the people that are coming our way seem more like us yeah more so now than ever so we're talking about a lot more interesting weirdos are coming to the group or to younger interesting weirdos and so i feel like it's not just that we're creating you know enneagram content that's really uh authentic and accurate is that we're creating content for people who are in this internet age generation which is a completely different culture and language and and people who get internet culture and sort of the way that we relate to things and we communicate and the sort of humor that we have online um and so a lot of people who are coming our way now are people who really appreciate what we're doing because I've, I've said this before, like we're creating stuff that's going to appeal to people in the future because the Enneagram is so far behind. It's just professional boomers. Now it's just like Christian, you know, evangelicals, which is like white nationalism, light, <laughs> you know, yeah, totally. <laughs> Christians are going to love that. Yeah. But you know, the people who are, are like, interesting or young and get internet culture who are interested in spirituality but not like this you know uh stuck up spirituality something real real conversations by real people i think that they're really starting to appreciate our work so it's i do believe that we're going to blow up eventually it's just not going to be the people that are currently into the enneagram yeah i don't i um let's see like i'm pretty drunk and I've been drunk, so I had more thoughts that I was gonna like share, but then we got really into Dark Town, which is good. Like I love that, and I wanted to, you know, check in. But like, um, I had more like coherent thinking ahead of this. Um, let's see. Yeah, I don't think I had any coherent thinking, but <laughs> <laughs> I had some thoughts. I, I was just thinking about like 
uh, Julie coming on here to do Kali in the house. That's that was probably my favorite episode from the point of view of the stuff, the ideas that she brought were just kind of like, man, I really want to go back and listen to that again and, and explore that because she introduced some stuff about the feminine and how there is like, yeah, there is like an ebb and flow. And let's say one year is an expansion and shit happens to you. You have to give yourself time to actually take that in. And so I felt like the vibe of this year, I mean, there was just, at least for me, there was a lot of like stuff coming to an end, stuff, stuff dying. And there's a sense of like giving yourself time to actually take in the Do a full cycle. Yeah. The full cycle of like that came to an end. What, what did that, what, what did I gain from that? And a lot of reflection. And so it feels like um, that was fertile ground for a lot of new stuff. It wasn't like an explosion of new stuff, but it was like, this was coming from a place of like really giving yourself time. And, um, and so that's why I feel like I'm, I'm a much better place, even with, you know, my dad passing. It's like the stuff that happened early in the year with the Joker nine, with my dad having the stroke and the drama in the group and all this stuff. Like I had to really learn how to slow down and, uh, not get burnt out with all this stuff and say no to things and really being able to handle stress. I, I just feel like I, I'm much better placed with that. I feel like this has yeah. been a really significant year. To jump on stuff right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like not, yeah, not doing like that anymore. Just, <laughs> something came in and you need to address it. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. I feel like this has been a really significant year for you in particular, Amica. Mm-hmm. Um, we've kind of been able to bear witness to several endings that you've had to go through. Yep. Definitely, you know, like closing of the circle or I don't know, tying knots or whatever. And it seems like it's been a, not a challenge. Cause I don't want to say it's, I mean, I'm sure it's been challenging, but it seems like a, um, like the call to action has been able to appropriately balance boundaries and compassion. Yeah. And, and also again, boundaries and like an openness and a vulnerability and like an honest self-reflection. And I feel like, I don't know, it's been really cool to watch you go through that. Cause I think you've been doing it really gracefully mm-hmm. and thank you. Yeah. Just really well. It seems like it's been a year of Amica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I had, I had a lot of stuff go down this year and a lot of stuff go down. Yeah. And you've still been holding it down like a, you know, parent. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And really holding a lot and dealing with a lot and processing and, and having to like balance things, not just like in an external, um, like pragmatic way, but also in a sort of delicate kind of feminine way too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you've been not only like holding your physical life together, but you've been allowing yourself to process through that as well. Yeah. Yeah, I had to, um, you know, the last relationship I was in, it put me in a really, really difficult spot. And I had to really summon a lot of compassion mm-hmm. to, to deal with that. And it, that, that whole experience cracked me open in a way nothing else ever have has because it, I didn't have the option to shut down. and. And so just being able to stay in there and give myself space and still be able to communicate what I'm going through with the people involved, uh, that changed me. And that, that really gave me some tools like, okay, I can, I can deal with some really difficult stuff. And then even just like uh, stuff that's happened with work, um, just having drama and dealing with that and just realizing it's not up to you. That's kind of like the burden that, you know, that I, you know, sometimes carry is like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna 
I'm gonna have to be the one to hold it all together and just recognizing, yeah, I have a part to play and maybe it's a big part, but it's not the whole part. It's not up to me to keep this together and, you know, Mm -hmm. taking on all the stress or, and so that's allowed me to save energy for myself, to take time to recognize like, yo, you, you can be really affected in a really negative way by a lot of things. You need to give yourself time to deal with shit and figure out how you feel about things and before you feel like obligated to act because i could just run around in circles doing things fixing things and and so that's been the biggest thing this year it's just to slow down uh just realize how much better i i am when i give myself time to to really even just with social like recognizing oh it's just a matter of time i need to give myself time to think about you figure out how I feel about, you know, just, you don't, I don't have to gamble. I don't have to rush into anything. Mm-hmm. If you're a long-term person, you're going to be a long-term person. Um, so I've, I've learned a lot this year to slow down and give myself time to really process some shit because I had to, I had a lot of difficult shit happen. So I had to. It's been really impressive to watch. And I think you've been doing really well. Thank you. Little baby. And David, how have you been this year? What was the question? How's, uh, how are you doing <laughs> with your David Gray's We're pussy? We're asking about your gang. existence. <laughs> pussy pad. I mean, pussy, pussy pad. pad. Oh, yeah. Uh, we learned some things about pad. Seven Fix this year, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, trying to get me to do a cohesive assessment of a year. Is good luck. That's yeah. We'll foul. get one next year about this year. Last, last. Well, you know, one, one thing that we did discuss last year, because, you know, we, we went around and talked about, you know, what, what did each person want to do the following year is like, David was, you were talking about like, what it would take for you to get going on the book. So how yes. did, how did the last year some, yeah. We did talk about a lot of stuff that we didn't end up doing, so I want to do <laughs> circle back around to that because there are some things we did say that didn't come around to happening. Well, um, the book's getting more attention here lately, partly because of the my new friends that I've been spending more time with. Uh, she's interested in uh, pushing that along and has some actual, uh, you know, contributions and ideas there. Um, plus, just I don't know whatever the the connection there is catalyzing uh, some forward motion. Yeah, one of the things that it's always been kind of um, seemingly that you needed more of was the intellectual connection. I was, yes. Right. I was just yeah. going to say the same thing, an intellectual <clears throat> colleague rather right. than a student. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, no, and that's definitely the case here. I mean, like uh, major um, nerdy uh colleague associate who can do research for me and, and all that shit um nerdy in a not so nerdy package um, <laughs> yeah. very non-nerdy nerdy package. in a hot package <laughs> yeah. isn't so, that the yeah. holy hot nerd, you did it. that's been good yeah hot uh, nerd is the best i think i've seen that porn oh my channel. god yeah. um yeah no and the Hot other nerd. thing too com. is um the, the, uh, is uh the thing with uh Kristen and uh making some uh I'm doing some we're doing a revision of the uh Trifix, the Trifix. book mm-hmm. yeah and <clears throat> one thing I'm doing there is to add some verbiage which uh you know 
it's not my tendency, right? But um, yeah. to add, <laughs> but to add some stuff with um, where you know, like I'm taking each of the fixes, let's say, in a given stem, and saying, you know, like one augments this aspect of six, and it diminishes this aspect of six, and six mm-hmm. augments this and diminishes this in one. You know what I mean? So it's just a simple augment diminish thing. Mm -hmm. And then that becomes kind of a description. Once you put all three stems together, that in effect becomes a a description for each trifix. So that's exciting. And Kristen's paintings are coming along beautifully as you guys have probably seen. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, that's, uh, that's been a long Shout out to all the new friends we've made this year. The, totally. the, the real yeah. ones. You know who you are. The good ones. Yeah. And pruning the, one, the, the ones that aren't real friends. Yeah. yeah. Expelling the rejects. <laughs> one of the things that we talked about last year, this is mainly you, John, and uh, Alexandra was talking about getting into some more sex talk. Oh. And Oh. Yeah, like us getting yeah. into sex talk. Well, just like we wanted to get back into, I mean, the soul intercourse episode cattle that was a big catalyst, and just talk. I think one of the things what you guys mentioned was like, you know, how do you get in touch with the conscious sexuality? And more so than that, I, I realized that there's a big gaping hole of people not fully really understanding sexual blind, and like 90% of the people that we run into are sexual blind. Uh, so I think one of the things that would be cool to do next year is to completely annihilate the sexual instinct and sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably going to take a couple years to do, but just mm-hmm. uh, from multiple angles, just just hit the back walls on that. Can I say anything before I interrupt? No, go ahead. Well, I mean, we've, yeah, we've been talking about doing uh, our own like sort of sub podcast or offshoot podcast where we explore as a couple. Yeah. Um, but even yeah. just, yeah, like overall, like, like you know it's not let's see how do i put this you know one one of the things that's happened this year for me personally is that a lot of people come to me around their sexual trauma Mm -hmm. and for anybody listening like i don't know what's going to get stay in this episode or not but (laughs) because we're going all over the place but um you know everybody's kind of fucked up sexually yeah like everybody's got like sexual insecurity sexual trauma Everybody feels, uh, has had sexual abuse in some way. Uh, it can be emotional sexual abuse. It could be physical sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, self-inflicted. It can be other-inflicted. I mean, it's like, it's all over the place. And a lot of people come to me and shared, like, you know, very deep, dark secrets, uh, whatever, with me. And, like, even before this tier, I was aware of a lot of this stuff through breath work because a lot of that stuff comes out. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Alexander loves uh, reality shows. <laughs> and one of the things that those reality shows has kind of put a emphasis on are the ways that people confuse the instincts and the centers and object relations and their history mm-hmm. with attraction. Mm-hmm. And... Right. You know, uh, like, what is eroticism? What is intimacy? All these kind of questions. And so, you know, we've talked about, like, doing something in ourselves. I don't know. But there's so much, like, you know, and one of the things I've gotten sort of, uh, I get kind of fascinated with weirdos of different kinds. 
And so, like, I've got fa- I started with getting fascinated with Keith Raniere, which got me fascinated with oh, yeah. like Sam Bigman Freed and uh, Elizabeth Holmes and all these kind of like big scammers and stuff like this. But I've also gotten fascinated with like polyamory influencers. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not a polyamorist or whatever uh, at Yet. all. <laughs> Yet. But uh, not at all. But, <laughs> but, uh, but like, you know, I mean, you know, I think some people are genuinely like have that kind of orientation, but a lot of it is ways that people kind of try to manage wounds around the sexual instinct mm. and the social instinct. And a lot of the polyamorous influencers I follow are sexual blind. Mm-hmm. I can imagine, and yeah. there is a way in which they're trying to create mental rationales around wounds around the sexual instinct. Yes. And, you know, yeah, like uh, fears around that sense of sexual instincts, desire to be chosen. Yeah. And that, I mean, that in, mm, that's interesting that's from interesting. the point of view of being sexual blind and yet still motivated by the fears of the sexual instinct. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. The ways that we're motivated by the fears of the instincts that are b- blind to us. Yeah. And so I don't really know how to delineate or whatever. I'm, you know, I, like I said, I'm very drunk. but. <laughs> Um, and not to say that like heterosexual monogamous relationships are necessarily any better than polyamorous relationships. They're the same issues, but they're just like brought about through a dozen people versus one other person. <laughs> and so it's like, what are, are those issues specifically? And what are those confusions instinctually, emotionally, socially? And like, I don't know, like, uh, there, there's so much there that I, it's almost like I don't know quite we don't quite know how where to start and we don't mm-hmm. know if it's if it's if this is the platform or if another podcast oh. is the platform yeah i was thinking this is like such a huge because remember in new york we were discussing like this is you know relationships has been the thing that we've all been sort of exploring and if there was the big mainstream thing that we could all or we could work on or we could offer it'd be taking the soul intercourse and making that a thing or, you know, yeah. making, so it does feel like it's so big that it has to be its own thing. And, um, I think it needs to be its own thing. I, I guess that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's really big. It's, it's huge. And I, I feel like the lens, the Enneagram instincts gives a special lens to look at it. But I mean, our sense of what attraction is and what it's meant to represent and all the emotional issues that go within are like, it's, it's so skewed. Mm-hmm. And um, not to say that like Alexander and I have it right or something, but I feel like we've we've gotten some sort of uh... we do <laughs> <laughs> we do, but we gotten some, we've gotten some insights. I mean, we have our own things, but like yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like I I feel like there is a whole uh, God. I don't know. I feel like like our generation especially is like like very much fuck around, right? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And it used to be very much like you'd stick with somebody that you didn't even necessarily like for 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 very much, but for a very long time and create right. life. And that's like the synthesis and antithesis. What's a synthesis, mm-hmm. right? And I don't feel like anybody. Like I feel like um, our generation is is still, even though there's a lot more sexual exploration and a lot of like infographics on Instagram about like sexuality. There's not a lot of uh, intimacy. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of emotional trust. Yeah. And it's it's all very much still in a kind of neoliberal uh like like shopping for the right sexual partner. Right, right. 
And, uh, you know, there's, there's some parts of me that are conservative and there's some parts of me that are way like outside of the normal, whatever. But I, like, I feel like we need to find new language for intimacy and relationships. It isn't just about like shopping for the right optimal purchase, you mm-hmm. know? And what is like, one of the things that really struck me about this whole, and of course, um, episodes was, you know, like Emika, you talking about like preparing yourself for intimacy. And that's a whole other thing. And, and I, I feel like that's, the, that's a sensibility that is lost mm-hmm. in our whole culture. Like whether somebody thinks they're going to just like get with their high school sweet, sweetheart or it's, they're going to like fuck a bunch of people and find out who's the best. Yeah. Um, there's a whole thing too about, you know, why people either cheat or they get in these situationships or whatever, where it's like they kind of dilute their own pool of who they want that kind of connection with because the idea of being all in, all in one person is too overwhelming or too scary. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, there's all these different factors involved that are kind of interesting and, and might be interesting to break down in more detail. Yeah, I've noticed the last couple of years, just in the podcasting content creation space, I'm always paying attention to who, who has, gets disproportionate amount of uh, success just or what is what are the topics that grab people's attention in a big way? And the last couple of years, I've just noticed that that the male female dynamics, and so you get these on the right right wing ish male figures who come across who come a, along who get so much fame and so much attention, like the Andrew Tates, Kevin Samuel before him, um, the Jordan Petersons, who there's just a revolving door of these guys and who appeal to men and women don't know what the fuck to do because it's a completely different paradigm of, um, you know, marriage used to be a thing that you needed to do and it's not, no one needs marriage anymore. And so the way that men and women relate to each other, uh, is very different because it's just not what it used to be. And so people are still trying to figure out like what, what sort of a structure can I use to understand how I can relate to the opposite sex. And so, it's been really attractive to just revert back to the way things used to be. So like the, you know, these guys come along and like, guys, you need to be more masculine. You need to, you know, be better providers and, you know, find a, um, feminine submissive woman who can be chased and, you know, so it, it appeals to a part of people who are like, I'm just going to go back to the way things used to be because that's when things were good. But it's like, things are different now. Things are very different now. And so people are looking for answers. And so this idea of, do you remember that friend of Joseph's, that fucking guy that you would argue with? Right? Yeah, fuck yes. that guy. He's, yeah. he's fucking making a killing on giving Ooh. stupid advice on, you know, male-female relationships. Yeah. Yeah. He comes up on my TikTok, like, embarrassingly often. <laughs> They're, uh, intimate communion by, uh, God, what is that guy's fucking name? There's a there's a guy who actually does useful advice about sexual polarity. Mm. It's like something data. His, his oh, last yeah. name yeah, is David Data. Yeah, David Data. Yeah, David Data. Zach Rhodes uh, takes David Data's like paradigm and mm-hmm. makes it and reduces it to its most stupid, <laughs> and just banks that to the basis of his whole thing. So yeah, yeah. fuck yeah. that guy. Yeah, yeah. And so I think there's something, a ripe fertile ground, uh, the topic of relationships. And I mean, shit, I, I went through some shit this year and I've, I've realized <laughs> it's the most important decision one can make 
is who your romantic partner is because yes. you you spend more time talking to this person around this person. No one has more power to influence your psychology than the person that you fuck on a regular basis. Yeah. I mean, even just like basic attachment theory is like once you are psychologically attached to somebody else, they are, they have complete control over your regulation or dysregulation. Right. Mm -hmm. So like choosing someone that you trust, that you trust to understand you, that you trust to be compassionate with you, that you trust to challenge you, but not like tear you down is mm -hmm. a like paramountly important decision. Yeah. Some of the most That's stressful exact. times in my life have been, I was like, holy shit, I didn't, <laughs> I'm not ready for <laughs> I'm not ready yeah. to deal with this, you know? Yeah, I mean, we could go into attachment theory. I read Esther Perel's book, Mating in Captivity, this year. And both the book on attachment and Mating in Captivity, yeah, they were amazing. They were really, really good. And I want to dive into more of her stuff because she, she's the one that gave me the... John... <laughs> she, <laughs> she's the one that gave John me... John wants to dive more into you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to dive more into your book. John, John <laughs> said, I read Alexandra this year. That, that book was phenomenal. Uh, open that book up. <laughs> oh Spread it. <my> <laughs> okay. Spread the book open. Spread the book uh -huh. open. <laughs> Put, the book mark. In, Put the bookmark okay. in there. In the middle. My oh, my God. <laughs> Esther Perel is the one that gave me the language for <laughs> Esther Perel is the one that gave me the language for um, eroticism and intimacy existing on two sides of a polarity. Mm. Okay. You know, nice. that you can either have intimacy, but intimacy and familiarity oh, yeah, yeah, is right, the killer right. of eroticism, which is based in mystery. So yeah. in a long-term relationship, you don't have to choose one or the other, but it is absolutely like uh, you have to go into it knowing that only one can exist at the same at at a time. Wow. It's not about having both at like an equal balance. It's like one exists at one time and you just fully don't have the other one and then you have the other one. And it's just a constant volley back and forth between those two things. Because mm. people obviously need to feel familiar and to feel like they have trust and to feel like they have uh, closeness, but people also do need to be captivated and fascinated and charged and excited. So yeah. Fun stuff. Tune in next year. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's super interesting. And I mean, uh, like being a sexual type, uh, you know, people come to me to understand the sexual instinct. And there are things I can definitely help them with. But for me, as a sexual instinct type, uh, you know, connecting with my social instinct has been the unlocker of my own eroticism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, being seen as a person and, and recognizing that my partner wants to be seen as a person and not getting into this sort of uh, sexual self-prez, functional... Um, objectification. Instrument. Objectification yeah. of what I... Like, like, okay, like, get my partner off in this mechanical way or something kind of sense sensibility and you know i mean trying like the attempt to see myself as a person has brought up incredible wounds around personhood mm -hmm. i didn't know i had and so to to have been in prior relationships where i was just rendered a function yeah. in that yeah. relationship ha has made me recognize how much I was arranging my life in a way to prevent the recognition of certain things. Mm. And so, 
I don't know. I feel like whatever we offer in the future around around relationships and, you know, we're talking about object relations and instincts. I don't know. It can be a, a major way to people for people to not just not, to, to grow, but also to to get in that place of, uh, in a sense, blankness, in a sense of like um, confusion, which I think is a good place because mm-hmm. I think that like our everything is sort of devolving and and disrupting in a certain way where there's there needs to be a new sense of like what now what next mm-hmm. and like yesterday uh my Gurdjieff group met in person for the first time in oh. three fucking years since the pandemic oh yeah that's right <clears throat> and it was super powerful like we have a new spot in the middle of midtown new york and to 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 be in a group in person is a whole thing you know and to be with people that like like a lot of these people, I don't know their fucking names. I don't even I don't know what their names are. I've been in the group since 2016, I think. Hmm. I don't know a lot of their names, but we've been working together intensely for a long time, and we don't talk, we don't like connect on a personality level. But there there's something about it that was just like, what do we feed? Like, what are we always feeding? And whether it's relationships, whether it's any gram, whether it's, I don't know, whatever, whatever we're doing. Uh, I don't know, that that was just so clear to me yesterday. Mm-hmm. And to to kind of reestablish from the point of view of the grudge of work, that dough, that like new thing in this new place, in this new situation was really profound. And so, I don't know, I feel like relationships definitely are the place of uh, a lot of inner work. And I feel like the Enneagram gives us the, terminology to use relationships as inner work effectively yeah yeah nothing else confronts your own um blind spots and shadows more directly in a really painful way and it names all the parts too so you can get a better view into it and in a sort of three-dimensional way that makes sense Mm -hmm. i think i heard a quote someone said that the we're trying to make an argument for the value of romantic relationships is that there's only so much you can grow on your own that you need someone to act as such a intimate mirror. Catalyst. Yeah. That and so I've I mean, coming out of the relationship that I had this year, that relationship I you know, I saw myself more so in that relationship than, you know, the past five years. Like that was a transformative experience for me. So as a social blind who values overvalues my alone time. I, you know, I recognize that how powerful relationships can be. It is literally the most important decision you can make, and it can make or break, or it can determine so much of um, your life. Yeah, I think I know I've grown more in the past five years with uh, um, being with Brian than I have any time before. And part of it's definitely like the age at mm-hmm. which I've been with him, but uh, a lot of it is him pushing me to be. Yeah, Nancy, I mean, I can't be. How like you got married this year? <laughs> oh yeah, and moved across the country. Yes, <laughs> across the big world. year for you. Oh, yeah, across the world, country. Are you gonna move again? Yeah, I might move again. Okay, Finland. <laughs> Finland. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking we're we're hoping Finland. We're hoping Helsinki. Um, Netherlands just isn't doing it for us. Hang out with Kaisa right now. Is is it? Yeah, the, yeah. Is it that where you're staying is too small of a town? Is that it? I mean, there's a lot of things, man. I could go on for hours, but um, basically to like just break it down into the basics, um, 
the situation, the living situation in the Netherlands is really hard as for mm. everyone in the Netherlands because the housing crisis um, is way worse than I thought it was here. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, people can say there's a housing crisis, but until you experience it, you're like, oh, there's a fucking housing crisis. Yeah. Um, so we have no, literally no other option than to live where we are in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. And oh, I, wow. I cannot stand it. I cannot stand living in the country. Yeah. I need a city. Um, and then the school isn't what I hoped. It's more of a vocational school than an actual STEM focused science school, which is like okay. not wow. cool. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. Um, and then like the Netherlands as a country is great. Mm -hmm. Our situation in the Netherlands is terrible. Gotcha. And there's no option for us to change that situation that we're in. So it's like, you know, we're just going to move on and see what, you know, we're here. We might as well see what we can do. Yeah. Um, we have the finances for at least another six months to kind of float. So mm-hmm. Brian's looking for work in Finland and we're really hoping to get in a better situation there. Yeah. Um, you know, we're hoping to live in Helsinki and like get into, I'm hoping to get into like a real uh, science-based program. Mm-hmm. Did um, you say they're more <clears throat> responsive there too, as far as mass massively better housing market, like the housing market, I can find an apartment for next week if I wanted to, that allows dogs. Um, mm-hmm. Brian has gotten like responses about jobs like he hasn't gotten an an interview yet but like they're responding nonstop to him so you know we've only been like thinking about this seriously for maybe two and a half weeks so early days but um, yeah I mean this year's been like there's a trend on TikTok going on where it's like uh, January you talking to December you <laughs> and now January you is like well did we do it and J- December you is like yeah no. <laughs> yeah we yeah. did it but it's not what you hoped and like <laughs> yeah I think the past like um the past two or three months I've been dealing with a lot of like uh disappointment mm-hmm. and just kind of um it really like leveled me the past past month and a half um so i started going back to therapy to like really kind of try and deal with it because it just fucking hit me like a mac truck it was not Mm. it was not good yeah um there's a lot of like grief and like this was three years in the making and it's not what we wanted it to be yeah yeah yeah. it's just it's been so hard um so we basically have to you know redo it but now we don't have any friends we don't Mm. have anyone yeah so we're yeah, completely alone here yeah so it's um i think the past like month and a half the past two months maybe um whenever uh julie was on it really kind of kicked something into gear in me of like wanting to kind of reconnect with like the soft side mm-hmm. of like feminine right. yeah I felt like I had been functioning in that masculine space for so long. And although things aren't working out here, it's a much slower life. Mm -hmm. And it's allowing me to kind of play in spaces that I hadn't been in a long time. Like I was talking to Alexandra, I was like, I really want to get into some form of like softer mysticism and kind Mm -hmm. of toy around with it and just see what's there. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, there's, I think there's 
a part of me that really wants that connection to like the earth and the universe and all that mm-hmm. yet that kind of gives me the ick a little bit um but there's something there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I, you know living in your like living in this space where I am and just in school, not working has really allowed me to just slow way down yeah, and get in touch with me. And it's really interesting. So I'm kind of excited to see where that leads. Cause I'm like journaling now I'm going to the gym. Aww. Like I'm doing all like the things mm-hmm. that I've wanted to do for so long and things are coming up and like, really I'm experiencing a lot more of like myself now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not very comfortable. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm kind of ex- I'm I'm excited to see where that leads. Yeah, I'm excited cool. for you. Imagine it's uncomfortable now, but I can't. Yeah, I'm excited to see where you end up. Yeah, me too. And um, I'm actually really like, like I said, I'm going back to therapy, and I'm I wasn't expecting to get a lot of out of it, but it's like a lot more is coming up, and I'm really enjoying it more than I thought I would. So that's kind of exciting for me. Assertive type slowing down. Yeah. <laughs> it's important. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard David. to do. David, what's our deal? Should we slow down too? <laughs> You're already slow. No, no, please no. Please no. I don't think I can go any slower, actually. <laughs> I think Alexander. I should slow down. I think I've been doing too much. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I've been thinking about my website for like six months straight. I'm exhausted. That's, that is that's so a much. Lot of doing. So yeah. much. It's a miracle that you finally submitted your OPS video. Listen, I didn't forget. I just refused, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were putting yes. pressure on me, so I was like, now I have to put it off for another Dang month. Because Emika doesn't yeah. know how to just it, not tell me what to do. I've learned so much about nines in those last couple years. You can't push him. You can't push him at all. Can't push him. A little bit, and then you go, no, like, no. let me yep. double time the punishment <laughs> for punishing me. Yep. Yeah. Oh, now there's punishment yep. for pushing. Yeah. So it's going to take now four weeks instead of one week. That's exactly right. Yeah. I haven't, obviously, I haven't processed my OPS type yet, but I got uh, what the most extroverted stacking there is. So this yeah, is just one of the another, other. this is just another thing of like, this is now, I think, the third type of like modality typing that I've received that is like kind of intense. So mm-hmm. my whole this year has been a weird challenge of like a further challenge of my nine self image where I'm like, I'm just easygoing and like, no, you're not. I'm so whatever, laid back. whatever. And then I get this feedback that I'm SOS. like intense. <laughs> Blink twice, you if know, you need help. Yeah, I'm the four, five, eight sexual self prez. Uh, help. <laughs> <laughs> trauma response <laughs> just yeah. joking i love you baby <laughs> yeah i wanted to go into ops at some point because the more i learn about it, the more i'm like eh. but uh there's a lot there we, we, let's do an episode yeah. where we have we'll um, do an episode ikram come and, and help us uh yeah. discuss our types because we all have i guess nancy you haven't done it yet yeah no i actually do want to get into it. it when you guys originally went into it i just didn't have the space to oh so now okay about it if but you now can if you can get a video done before the first i'll submit it for you before yeah do, do a video yeah asap yeah. do it like tonight yeah, or tomorrow do that. you just well, need to talk for you just need to talk for 45 it's minutes i'll send you the midnight. link you don't need send- to think about it for four months straight first you could just do it <laughs> <No>. tonight <laughs> No, I'm not She's doing it tonight, type. but I could do it in like two days. 
But I was curious, what were you guys' favorite episodes or topics this year? And what were your favorite guests or things that you want to talk about next year or topics for next year? So the Julie Harris, Callie in the house, that was my favorite in terms of yeah. uh, kind of uh, mind opening, you know, portal opening like that, that connected a lot of dots. But in terms of my favorite, in terms of energy, like, you know, because you know, I fucking produce these things. So I'm, I'm always like some episodes are like, damn, that was a really goddamn good episode. The we give you nine wings episode in terms of yeah. like mm-hmm. the energy, the sound. Okay. All of it, like that to me was the best produced or the best energy, the best all around episode oh. that we did this year. And it's also, I think, our second most popular episode this oh. year. Oh, it's up wow. there. It's, it's number one Aside or two. Aside from We Talk Sex. <laughs> well, not that wasn't the most famous, that was a- but uh, that was the one that people started on the most. But I would say, oh, oh, okay. what was the most famous episode we did this year? It might have been the Ian Cron episode or the rejection letter. <laughs> God, so many, like, I had somebody who stopped working with me because of Ian Cron. <laughs> wow. Yes. They yes. said, I can't well, work with you anymore because, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Because you're a meanie. Because I'm mean. Yeah. Why are you so mean? <laughs> so I want to do more stuff like that. I mean, I've been teasing about, like, my um, uh, producing some of my own stuff in St. Juice saint juice is coming next year and saint juice is going to be more fuckery more more absurdist humor uh yeah i want to because i mean we in in like the universe of all the things that we do we teach a lot but there's also kind of you know humor and comedy that can be spliced in entertainment and yeah i want to just i want saint juice to be like you know all the stuff that doesn't fit into necessarily like a, a a teaching modality just like I mean, of course, there might be some th- things people learn from it, but like an adult swim for yeah, yeah. spirituality. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'll say that for me, my favorite episode this year, partially just because I was able to kind of like go off the deep end in a way that I don't feel like I often have the space for was that uh, Upside Down Triangle episode. Oh, yeah, that was fucking cool. <laughs> Which one? That was really fun for me. What yeah, triangle? The triangle, the upside down. Oh yeah, episode. yeah. Yeah, yeah we just down. like went really abstract, and I was kind of like, that's true. That was very self indulgent for me, but it was really fun, oh, and it really, it really meant a lot. And um, yeah, that was really good for me. And then uh, I was thinking about guests who I want for next year, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's possible or likely, but uh, I want Hitomi Yanomi <laughs> and <laughs> Alexandra to have a conversation. Oh yeah. I want hey, to. Why not? To, you not, know, not tell me, you know me, and two and narcissistic like, nines. Yeah. Oh my god! It'd be the hottest thing is those two. Two spirit just, goddess nines. Goddess nines. <laughs> two goddess nines talking and just relating, in bosom, like in the bosom of love. Yeah, relating, relating. He wants to watch us relate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a, I, I, you know, I joke that Alexander is tell me you don't know me. <laughs> there you go. The, the, it's yeah, not really a, it's not really a podcast that you want, John. It's, it's more of a oral. It's more like a private experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, you want an orgy for a threesome. 
Alexander this wants us to change my, the, yeah. <laughs> this is offending my social self sensibilities. Oh, okay. <laughs> what, is it, what is it not offending, though? <laughs> anyway. That's funny. That's what I'd like in the podcast. I think my favorite episode was the one where we did my... I always like stuff that's about me, you know? Yeah. So it's of course. The, so seven fix after yeah. all seven, over here. Seven, secondary seven, unconditional, <laughs> positive self-regard about my own ideas. Disgusting. Um, <laughs> the one where that we did on the... What was that thing with the... Uh, oh, I called it the reflections. You remember that oh, one? Yeah, oh, that yeah. We were doing like three, yeah, three, seven, eight, one, Aww. two, six, and all that stuff. That was a good one. Yeah. I thought that went pretty well. I liked it. One thing I want to put out there to put some pressure on me is, and Amica's heard me mention it before, I think, is uh, I want to do a like a YouTube video series where I go through all of my sort of David Gray ecosystem. What the idea is to like have <clears throat> a camera sort of behind me looking over my shoulder and drawing on an Enneagram symbol some of my various ideas and, and a Baba chakra, you know, and I'll just take out a new slip of paper and start drawing arrows from here to here. And this is this and all that kind of stuff. And, but also like maybe split screen it so that you're, awesome. you've got this, yeah, you've got the screen, you've got the camera over my shoulder, but also like a, a graphic so you can see what I'm seeing a more clear way. So that's one thing I want to do this year. That would be pretty cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yep. I want yeah. more David Gray content. Cool. Yeah, I want to listen to a sultry voice. <laughs> this year we did three live pods. That was pretty cool. We hadn't three. done that before. Yeah, we did three live pods. Yeah, we did. Actually. Mm -hmm. I'm, all right, there, there was, was the, the two at the Zones. What was the other one? There was Nancy's, Nancy's wedding. My yeah. wedding. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one we had oh, to set people straight. Which... Had to let, them pe let people know. Don't fuck with us. Which, speaking of, I'm, like, scrolling through the the Absolutely. podcast, like, episode list or whatever, and I, I'm, hang on, I just lost, oh, no, here it is. Speaking of the, the one from, from Nancy's wedding, the intro for this, or, like, the, the what is it called? The description for it, thanks, I'm drunk, too. It's called, <laughs> it says, allow us to introduce ourselves coming to you live from Nothingville, Virginia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Y'all were in the middle All of, of bumfuck nowhere in Virginia. You really were. Mechanicsville, Mechanicsville. Right. Mechanicsville. Yeah. Just yeah, the Airbnb this. you booked was fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Just reading through all of Emika's like descriptions for the <laughs> for the podcast episodes are just excellent. Oh, they're great. Brand for <laughs> um, I would like to friend of the podcast. I'd like to hear more of Josh Levine's. Oh yes, Me this is another big thing this year. Not friend yes. of the podcast. Yes. I mean, he has his social Bermuda um, interviewing podcast, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. But I'd like to hear like his, the the it, the original stuff that he's been cooking up is like yeah, really really, really spectacular. So I'm like hoping that that you know timer goes yeah, off I mean, soon, so he's ready we to do share. that already here in the next few. Yeah, weeks. I really enjoyed having him on the podcast. Like I think our like the way he fit into our group actually worked really well which does not always happen when we have yeah. groups no and i mean we'll record a separate segment but maybe at the beginning of, to put at the beginning of this but uh josh and i are starting an enneagram school that we're calling the enneagram school.com uh <laughs> i was i was kind of forward? chuckling when i when you sent the link i was 
Because you guys were considering multiple names, of, so to finally end up calling it the Any Game School, <laughs> it, you know, had a lot to do with like what was available in terms of yeah. like, yeah. like for example, uh, there was one name we were considering, something like that, something like Horizon or something, but something yeah, we were yeah. considering that was like going to be a minimum five hundred dollars to secure the URL. Oh no, 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 like, no, no! Fuck this! Yeah, no. The 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 kind of hustle people have for URLs and stuff like this. So anyway, no, it works. It doesn't matter what the name is. It just you just need something. Yeah. You know? But yeah, we're gonna do our own. We're gonna start a uh, uh, a four part, you know, pretty pretty laid back class. Go to the enneagramschool.com for it uh, about Josh's, and I'm you know I'm gonna like mostly attribute Josh's because it was it's, it's his. He's got a developmental view of the centers, mm-hmm. and I think it's really valuable and really interesting and it gives new ways to work with the centers of intelligence and work with your type from the point and of view. object relations too right exactly yeah yeah so i think it's really good and i think it could be like a, a pretty revolutionary idea yeah we're gonna we're gonna start uh, a four-part class in january just presenting this idea are you gonna move your uh, your study group to that platform or keep it separate i don't know what i'm gonna do yet with study group um, I've just been doing a city group on Sundays, but uh, this will be on Thursdays during mid, starting mid January. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see where it goes. But you know, Josh and I are starting our own like school that's sort of related to 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 all that we're doing. But right. it's going to be you know its own thing. I forgot to mention this. Well, I don't want to interrupt you, but I forgot to mention this because I'd done a session with some girl who was like super serious, like super seriously into the enneagram, and she was asking me. You know, she wants to get certified, and I, she was wanting a recommendation. And I said, "Don't go get any of these cheap certifications; they don't mean anything." I um, agree. And, and I told her, like, you know, John is doing these weekly study groups, and I didn't mention it at the school, but I, I think what I wanted to mention was that there are a lot of people who are looking for like really serious formal enneagram education, and they're going the route of the certification. I, I'm, I'm sure you've heard me say this a couple times. Like, you need to have a you need you need to yeah. have a certification program. I agree. <laughs> Or, but just the school, I think, is a really important thing because we've done D. We've really established DAA this year, and DAA is sort of like um, a way for people to get experientially fluent with the Enneagram, which is important. But what's also really important is for people to have like the theoretical foundation from like a formal study of the Enneagram's concepts. And there's really nothing that I can recommend that's out there, and so this is really important. Yeah, no, we're we're working on on doing that, and like Josh is a great partner for me. You know, like you know, yeah, like one th- one thing I'll say is that threes get shit on a lot in the Enneagram world, and like I have so much respect for Josh, and he's like a great person and just very sincere person, and it's been great to work with him because like I work four days a week with clients, and then on my fifth day I'll work with him, and I'll like often it's. It's hilarious because I'm a late night person, so like I don't wake up till like two in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So like he'll see me just like in absolutely inco- incomprehensible like. <laughs> what, we go to a coffee shop nearby our place. Like we live close together, and and we work on that stuff. And so you know we we want to we. It's very important to us to keep us keep it within the enneagram or enneagram or big hormone enneagram world, mm-hmm. and not do like an own thing that's like somehow separate. Yeah. Um but yeah, like like kind of making something more formalized that can like teach people how to work with people. Yeah. 
we're, we're in the process of birthing that and it feels like it's real and valid in, in its own way and like you know josh and i work with a lot of clients of different walks of life and so feels like it can bring that experience in terms of what like it's one thing to know the enneagram is another thing to work with other people Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we're in a process of like, how, what's that going to look like? And, uh, I don't know. It's been, it's been good, but it's been, I'm like, I'm super exhausted all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I think about is kind of like all of us are, I mean, we, there's a lot of overlap between, you know, all of us, but everyone sort of has their core specialty in a way, or the thing that only you can do. And so it's been cool to see. I mean, because I remember we were having meetings with Josh earlier this year and he was, you know, in a way trying to figure out, like, trying to find his voice in this space. And so I, I, it's been really cool to see Josh sort of like, because he had all this stuff that he's worked on that he just needed yeah. to trust his own voice and to see, you know, you guys' partnership come together because I, I do see that in both of you. Like, you guys, the teacher thing is not just like something you can do. It's something that... um is at the core of what you offer. And um, people really need that in our space. Um, people really need like real formal education. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I mean, one of the things I said to him was like, hey, you could write a book with all you got. And that like for some <laughs> reason changed his, he was like, it like got him going. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was interesting from the point of view of like attachment versus hex head. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, and even our relationship is interesting from that point of view of just, I don't know how to describe it, but like, but just something about uh, what attachment needs versus what hexide needs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, we've done a lot about attachment versus hexide this year, but, but I feel like there's still more to go sure. because I'll say for me as a triple attach, a triple hexad, <laughs> triple hexad. <laughs> He's a triangle Imagine. type, everyone. <laughs> Yeah. Worst mistype ever. <laughs> surprise, surprise. He's a three. <laughs> no, but there is something I need. There's some. There's there's something that we as tri- if you're triple hexide, you need. Yeah. And uh, I'm too drunk to really like get really articulate with it. But um, is it partly similar to the thing we've been talking about with as social blinds kind of addressing? our own humanity i can see that there would be i mean part of attachment <clears throat> i mean attachment types that is what being a human being is in a way mm-hmm. is actually being all an the attachment, attachment type, type. <laughs> yep yeah i mean i i feel like i i am still catching up with what it means to be human and i feel like uh i've suffered a lot for not knowing and i feel like mm-hmm. i mean it's amazing I'll have these moments of real, realizing what other people are absorbing that I have not absorbed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. like realizing, um, you know, even things can be in front of my face and there's some things that compared to other people I'm extremely perceptive about. And then yeah. there's yeah. things that are sort of commonly shared I'm not perceptive about at all, yeah. all that I don't know how to take in and I don't know how to adapt my structures to mm. and what that's cost me. And yeah. like, I feel like I have, as a non-attachment type at all, like position myself outside of something, and yet and 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 still suffer for uh, the lack of having participated in or even recognized as a as a collective knowing thing. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know if that makes any sense, but you know, 
like I recognize that like you know I'm in my mid thirties, which is like from a certain point of view middle age, right? Yeah, like it's not yeah. socially middle age, but it's like like you know people who are in their late twenties or early you know thirties. It's like you're actually becoming in the middle age in the sense of in between your life and death. Yeah, and not to say that I think that anybody necessarily has it handled, but there's a way in which it's like the window of recognizing what it means to be human is pretty limited. Actually, it's pretty short. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like there was a lot of myself hidden during those years without knowing any better. Yeah. And so anyway, there, there, there's something there to me about, um, I don't know. There's something there I'm learning about my, like, are you out of orbit from the Earth from the point of view, are you the moon or are you the Mars or are you Jupiter or are you Pluto? Mm-hmm. Like, how much should you be in connection or not with all those things? And, and I, I feel like I've been Pluto for my whole life. And then I'm like trying to figure out what like Earth is like. And I don't know, there's a whole level of like suffering there. <clears throat> and I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I don't know. It's it's just been it's just been a thing to like the well, separateness. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's a and it's you're describing an extreme imbalance, you know, mm-hmm. uh, especially triple hexad and social blinds. It's just gonna really make a wobbly something somewhere in the psyche. Something. And you, even like from the point of view of OPS, like I'm, I'm play last, right? And y'all mm-hmm. are, you, you and David, yeah. you and Emika are play first, right? And Alexandra. Yeah. So there's, there's yeah. a way that besides just being a four and being, you know, social blind, that you have this, um, the feeling that the outside world is always there to take something away from you. And, and I like the sense that the whole world has to be contained within myself. <laughs> And so there's a way that it's, it can feel that you're pulling the outside world into your world. And so anytime that you're pull like something or someone might pull you outside of that box, it feels incredibly draining, you know? And, and so being, you know, the opposite animal with play first, like it's like seeing how much um, I might see myself as a function of the outside world and you know like i have a pretty strong inner core but i've recognized this year that there there's a way that i have to make conscious effort to remind myself because i can just keep you know i can stay in the outside to such a degree even if i think that i'm um, externalizing my internal world that i can forget I can do the assertive type thing to to such a degree, and and the play is kind of like, all right, we'll just do the next thing. The next thing comes along. That's the thing to fix. Oh, let's do that, and you can sort of forget your priorities. And it's happening on such a micro level that I've to see that this year has been a big deal. Like how to narrow down. Like one of the exercises I did was uh, actually go back and think about each month of this year as an exercise. Like what happened to actually review what, what I did. And I started going back into like, what about the last decade? What the fuck have I done? Uh, to actually see myself. That's been an exercise in like 
exercise in seeing myself. Like what, what are the reoccurring patterns that I've been circling around for the last five years, last 10 years? Everybody makes like these like New Year's resolutions, but like the end of the year comes by, you look back like, what, what did you actually do? Because that's probably what you're going to do next year. What meaningful, realistic changes could you make based on your reoccurring patterns? Like, instead of deluding yourself, like, well, I'm going to do this, this, and this. It's like, you're not. <laughs> so I've been thinking about the last, like, thinking about myself in a long enough timeline has been sort of like a revolutionary thought because it's just not something I do. Yeah, I like to go more into OPS, like what these, like, blind spots or whatever mean because it's sort of hard for me to hold on to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, that, like... I mean, I don't, we don't know what Nancy is yet, but like all y'all have play first. I think I'm you. consume play, aren't I? No, David, you're play <laughs> first. <laughs> That's why you get us no, all into, David. get us rolled up into all these dramas. <laughs> no, David. Your, your history is very much play first. Oh, okay. <laughs> Somewhat of a scoundrel. Wake up, nine. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy's probably more introverted, I would guess. Yeah. yeah. Is that not play yeah. first? Is introverted not play first? Yeah, not play first because all, all basically what sleep savior play means is just like we just meddle too much into stuff that's not our. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Describe. All right. So what am I? I'm. What am I? You're you are consume sleep. sleep blast and then play last. Play last. And so y'all are all play first, right? Play first. And yeah. So what, is, what does it mean to be play first Apparently. versus play last? Emika, you're well, up. I have like a impulsive blast savior uh, interpretation. Yes. <laughs> yes. You don't know Which what you're talking about, like, so shut up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And that taps me out. Back to you, Emika. <laughs> no, like play, play is a combination of your two... Uh, an extroverted observer and an extroverted decider. So play is a thing that we do to externally expend energy to either connect with other people or to get things done. And so people who are um, kind of like the instincts, whatever you're dominated in is like the water you swim in, you think that you're obligated to to do that. And so the thing that happens on the podcast where Alexander can just sort of like, if she's in a conversation, she knows how to like ping off the people in the conversation. And I do the same thing. If this person said this thing, that can be a bridge to the thing that this other person said. Or play is sort of like, I know how to connect the dots in this situation, solve a problem, um, bridge connection. So a lot of TV show hosts um, and comedians and whatever are usually play saviors because that's kind of what you have to do. And so what happens with John, I've mentioned this, I, I knew that you were play last as one thing I was sure of. It's like, John has his thing. It doesn't matter what the person said before. John's going to be like, so the thing I, that we mentioned 10 minutes ago that I want to talk about <laughs> that has nothing to do with what the person just said. <laughs> is it, so is it kind of like I take a giant dump on what everybody's saying all the time? Well, it, yeah, I think it's one of the things you just not tracks. moving, not just pinging around. You're, you're not pinging. And you've, you've mentioned this before. You, I'm going to ruin the vibe, so I'm just going to go on my rant. You know, yeah, like, I'm gonna... <laughs> is, it like, is it possibly just not responding to what has been put forward, but just like going on in his own direction? So it's just like if, if we're talking yeah. about the color blue, he'll be like, actually, about Egypt. Right. Instead <laughs> of somehow transitioning from the color blue to Egypt. I, I will say that you've gotten better. Like, it's it's just uh, as a matter of doing this podcast, it's like 
if you listen to the early podcast, like uh, it, our conversations were very social blind, um, and you 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 were just like you know we're going in so many different directions. But I think you're a lot better than than you were before. But it, it is this kind of a thing where um, there's this very small limited box, and you've mentioned before that you have a really hard time just having like a basic normal conversation with people that's just random. If it's not the thing, it's not included in what you normally talk about. So I always thought that had to be play last. Makes sense. <laughs> I've, I've always appreciated that when John and I are alone in a room, both of us just sit in silence with each other. <laughs> <laughs> probably yeah. not extroverted yet yeah where i like can sit in silence i think it's due to like triple attachment or withdrawn or whatever but i definitely do have a feeler out of like okay what is everybody wanting needing what's going mm -hmm. on what is like the thing that i can like be responding to right even if i don't fucking want to be responding to it i feel like exactly. an absolute obligation and pressure to be like no i need to be continue i need to be keeping the energy being right like, keep the ball up in the air yes keep the ball up in the air god this is so embarrassing <laughs> Yeah, so it's interesting that, you know, you're triple attachment and I've got, I mean, social blind and whatever else, but mm -hmm. like generally if I like people, I tend to work well with people because I know mm -hmm. like, okay, this is what, this is what the situation needs. I know Joseph's personality. I know David's personality. I know my personality. I know this is the midpoint between all three of us. This is what's going to work for us. So like kind of gauging the sense of chemistry and that's, I think what play is, is um, put you in any situation. I'll figure out how to connect with all the variables and find the through line yeah yep do you uh do you have a uh, guess on me amica i would say i think i think that's i think it's as i think she might be si that's my guess sif oh, i don't know any of that i don't know what that means well i what is that type that is an i introverted sensing yeah introverted istj in this system but I mean, you come across like um, like a grumpy, productive person. <laughs> a grumpy what? Productive person. Productive person. Productive. Yeah, person. that's pretty accurate. In the sense that you're very matter of fact, um, you're very grounded. Like usually, if if we're going too far off the deep end, like you're you're going to be asking questions like, so what does that you know what does that mean? Yeah, if I had to guess, that's that's what I would guess. It's like you're very sense of you want to organize your sensory. So your lifestyle, you know, it's like even the stuff that you're interested in is like trying to organize the sensory. So I would, I would, that would be my guess. But you'd have to make a video and I'd have to really like go through and go through their typing system and see. Well, <laughs> to pivot a little bit, but I guess it's still kind of related, is getting my OPS typing back today. John and I have exactly opposite everything. Mm -hmm. Our stacking is exactly opposite. His dominant wow. is my last. My dominant is his last. Our but you have the same functions. Are also op we do have the same functions. But Even it's our, just opposite um, animals. Sensory yeah. and whatever DE thing or whatever. I'm MF. He's FM. Yeah. That's There's so much. That's really cool. Like the, yeah. yeah. Like the pattern of polarity just continues because we have he's sexual self Prez, I'm social self press. He's triple hexad. I'm triple attachment. Like there's just kind of circling back to what we were talking about. Like we do have a potential idea for starting a kind of like relationship subject um, yeah. kind of podcast thing. I don't know how it's going to work necessarily purely because we have the information from the Enneagram and we have such like opposite experiences, yes. such opposing experiences, but are still tapped into the information enough to kind of like use it and reflect on how our, I don't know. I feel like maybe arrogantly, I feel like 
No, it'd be great. Potentially yeah. every possible relationship issue has come up between us and we've been able to look at it. Yeah, you yeah. guys have like a, a true polarity because yeah. that's one thing I was curious about. Uh, they talk about the sexual modalities because, um, and that's one of the things that you notice about people. And so he's, John's, you know, FM and you being MF makes a lot of sense. And also you guys have that polarity in terms of the fucking um, animals, but you have the same you know, functions at play. So it's like, yeah. bravo. Yeah. <laughs> Once in a lifetime chemistry. Oh. Yeah. Don't fuck it up. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I kind of knew I was going to be MF. Like I knew there was some talk around being, me being FF. I, I, I just thought you were, it was going to be, I just I thought you were audio. M. Yeah. Yeah. The, I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's the audio lady. modality. It's the, it's the Bad audio motherfucker. Enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kind of figured it was going to be M just because of like the, I don't know if I'm getting this right, but like the timeline thinking versus the image sure. yeah, yeah. memory or whatever. But right. also just like, I kind of have always gotten consistent feedback that sort of like my in-person kind of presence is a little off putting. I don't know if off putting is the right word, but a little like not Forceful. necessarily approachable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. David. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Whatever. This continues the trend of, uh, nine with all the, I don't know, sort of like modality results nine that were directly violence. against <laughs> a nine self-image. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, right. Yeah, the audio, it's because that's what it's called. Uh, John's is called a visual. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, extremely visual that's oriented. Yeah. And so yours is, um, as a singer, musician, I'm not saying that most musicians are going to be that modality, but someone who relates to music kinesthetically is going to be likely audio because that's it's like trying to feel around with your body where things mm. feel right and yeah. and so the thing the way you remember things is going to be through that modality of of uh sound and feeling interesting cool uh, yeah i mean that tracks i am quickly falling asleep so either I can leave and you guys can continue, or we can end. Oh, so precious, sleepy. Ooh. Oh, it's twelve thirty here. Shut the fuck oh, up. Oh, I go to bed at four. Ooh, so precious type. Oh, sleepy. Nancy, don't don't let me forget. I'll send you the link to all this stuff, and maybe you can get this video done in next. I know you can get it done in the next couple of days because you're. Yeah, a I will. Video. I mean, I also have. Nothing I believe else I have faith in you, Nancy, because uh, some watch some watch other it. people watch here <laughs> can't be trusted to be productive. Oh my god! I take back everything I said. You're very rude and mean. <laughs> yeah, hey, no. We did it, did like it work it or did it not good. work? <laughs> did it work? <laughs> work you put it off because you kept pressuring me i would have gotten it done within a month if you had oh alone. yeah if you didn't pressure her <laughs> yeah right 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 oh, no little baby nine. no i and know instead, that well don't pressure happened. her oh, i know no, that it she's works. gonna get angry i know that it angry works you get angry you pressure her oh. i'm always gonna pressure you you don't get it done you just get roasted mercilessly until you get it done that's what happens and now you just get roasted anyway because it took so long to get it done I'm just going to find more reasons to roast you. That's just what's going to happen. All right, fine. I'm just going to become right. a worthy consume adversary. Last. Consume last. <laughs> all right, send me that shit, Emika. All right, before we go, is there anything y'all envision oh, for 2023? Right. Our um, fucking, what is it, third year of doing podcasts? This is our third year. Yeah, I was going to say, is gonna is be our 2023 fourth year. is our fourth. Oh, my God. Fourth year. God. Yes. You can't even count. <laughs> can't even count. 
I mean, we, one thing we did talk about was uh, doing Alexandra React live stream to reality TV show. Yes, stuff. that'd be so fun. Honestly, I would watch that shit. I would. Yeah. There's yeah, just like I'm very you know, verbally reactive to it all. We just watched the finale of what is it? Temptation Island. Temptation Island. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> yes. I don't miss having to watch those. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're lost. <laughs> I lost a lot of things that I don't miss. <laughs> it's so good. I'll go on a whole blast about why reality TV is the uh, sample size for all of humanity and why you can glean a lot of information through watching that. But that's a blast for another time. She'll that's be like, <laughs> I can't believe Carson is whatever. And I'll be like, yeah. Wow, you're nailing yeah, that. Something I... Something I found myself saying today was that guy's just a Stockholm fuckboy. He's just trying to be like <laughs> a fake, vulnerable Stockholm fuckboy. Is what that guy is, and he was. And and John, we should do more, uh, have more esteemed guests on the podcast next year, like Ian Cron. Yeah. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> I think yeah. I think David Farber should make his appearance on the I, podcast. I, I think so too. Oh yeah. my god! Oh, I couldn't be in the same podcast room as that man. <laughs> I would I would fly to wherever he is and kick him in the face if you put me in the same podcast room. As I him. think we should actually try to get the actual David Favre on the podcast. Oh, oh hell no! Oh my god! I would no no. I think you should. No, we, we, should. Well, we can I'll roast him for an hour. I'll interview. I him. refuse. Come on. No, but imagine I refuse. if we did it uh, all friendly and stuff, and then we just yeah. completely ganged up on it. <laughs> That's what I mean. I'll do it. I'll start it. I'll have. I'll introduce him. I'll ask him questions. I'll seem he'll really interested, leave. and then you guys can just get on. We'll just roast oh, him for like five minutes. He'll, he'll leave. He'll just pull a Trump and hang. Be hilarious. Up. <laughs> It'd be so funny. Yeah, we should anyway, get real David Far. We shouldn't do this because it's mean, guys. No, it's. No. I mean, <laughs> mean is what you post on Facebook. You just, you know. That'd be fun. Yeah, more more fuckery in twenty 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 four. More fuckery. Yeah. Is it twenty twenty three? Oh, it's twenty twenty three. Yeah, twenty twenty three. Yeah. Yeah. We have to finish the wings. Oh yeah. Uh -huh. Probably won't finish it next yeah. year because it took. We only did four this year. So. <laughs> somebody's Courtney not, has to come back. Yeah, she's got to come back. Yeah. Give me more types. Courtney and Julie. I just. Yeah. I want to Julie was Courtney amazing. Julie. Yep. Yeah. Julie find an excuse yeah. to bring Julie back. Yeah, I'm really glad I could talk to Julie, Julie all. I mean, I could talk to Julie all day. She's yeah, she, that was great. That's good. That woman like, is yeah, just I'll, a gorgeous I'm, I'm little really angel. I'm looking forward to telling Julie like how much y'all appreciate her and you know, like being a six. I think sometimes she doesn't always. Um, no, she's amazing, man. She was really yeah, good. yeah. Like always, don't always see her value directly. You know, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah, she was great. She was amazing, and and really glad for her to like continue to like bring out her contribution it felt like we could have done several more episodes on that topic alone like it just felt like we were just scratching yeah. the surface on what she had for yeah sure. oh my Available. god i could have talked for hours with her yeah we should continue that subject because i think yeah. there is more to extract there's it and it feels directly it feels like it directly correlates to the instincts somehow i don't mm -hmm. know how mm -hmm. but it feels like feminine masculine polarity does have a direct relationship to like an instinctual no, aliveness so that should definitely be continued. And I said yeah. this already, but I do think Josh deserves another shout out. Hopefully oh, yeah. the listeners will get to hear him, his own original content, not just his like Bermuda extractions from other people, because he's excellent at doing that kind of like digging for gold within other people. Right. But his original content is really, really like precise and impressive and yes. astute. 
And like the I stuff that he did on the spiral a, dynamics was was uh, I mean, that was really good. Yep. Yeah, that was really really and good. And I think it's um, John was kind of saying this earlier, but three gets kind of a reputation. You know, it just get, has a reputation. We all know what it is. But um, Josh has like, I think he's a true testament to a three that has done a lot of inner work. Because uh-huh. you can tell that he's a three, you know, you can tell that he has like um, a sort of image focus, but he has a lot of substance. Yeah. He has a lot of really like um, character of heart and yeah, just a lot of like a lot of information that comes from his own integrity. Yeah. He's got a, a real sincere heart. And um, yeah. I mean, of course, you know, threes can get into stuff like inner work and get really productive and just churn out like a lot of really good stuff, but it's, or just productive stuff. But it's clear that he's allowed this stuff to really penetrate him and really get under his skin. And so the stuff that he's talking about is it's, it's obvious that it's not just three productivity shit. It's, it's coming from a sincere curiosity. And I guess that's one of the things I've noticed as a distinction, a social distinction is watching the people who are now coming in, who have listened to a lot of the podcast and who are into our stuff, but to see that there's a, still a big difference between people who can sort of like respond to what we're doing versus the people who have like a sincere, curious, uh, like a sincere, curious encounter with themselves and are looking for that. And they care more about that more than anything else, more than even getting in with us or us being seen them in any sort of way and you know the 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 events the the stuff that we had happen with the last zone was like yeah it's more than just being into the enneagram and even sort of like seeing your type it's there's a whole nother level of how seriously are you taking encountering yourself with this stuff in a sincere way and you know uh in 2023 fucking whatever nailed it i'm getting progressively drunker um (laughs) I want to hear more from our listeners. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like I want y'all to step up in terms of like we got the love line and all the other shit. Like, tell us what you're interested in, and let's be more interactive in terms of uh, going down these rabbit holes and yeah, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, I mean, some people's some people's questions or whatever are <laughs> absolute nonsense, but <laughs> there's some people that have like a real burning thing, and yeah. um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I don't know. I want to hear from that, and like I just feel like it's been there. There's a there's an element there of collaboration, or, or <laughs> I'm getting pretty pretty drunk. But uh, yeah. Anyway, there's a thing there. I think we should do personal Q and As. Everybody should ask us intrusively personal yes, questions. And we'll do that. Yeah, people just want us. People, we've asked them to ask those, those ask those questions, but they just want more information from us. I do think that there was a drop off after the summer because you know pe- the pandemic really, really ended, and people started going back to their ex- uh, external lives, and and so there has been less of uh, people, less people just interacting with the podcast. You did say that uh, this year's, I mean, in like the screenshots of different spotify whatever showed that there's been more listeners this year right yeah we got way more listeners i just wonder i i just noticed that there was a drop off kind of like after august september like the fall is is when it seemed like people were really getting back into the swing it's not like we dropped off it's just like we had a peak um from like the summer to fall and then once it seems like people are really going back to work that 
Yeah. Where I haven't gotten, really hadn't seen a love line in a really long time, or even a, a rating or a review until I mentioned it on a pod. So, uh, hopefully, maybe there's a little bit of a rebound early next year because this is really around the time people start looking at themselves. And so we'll see. All right, James gotta go. All yeah. right, you maniacs. Gotta go. I need to yeah. smoke a cigar. What James a great is. year. <laughs> Happy New Year, guys. All right. Happy New Year. Love y'all fools. Happy New Year. Love you guys. Love you too. Love you. Here's to Keep another year of weird. All right. And uh, thanks to our listeners and uh, whatever. Fuck y'all. And yeah. 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 Everyone who's uh, all our haters, all our lovers, we appreciate you all. Lovers and haters. Lovers yeah. and haters. Toast to the fools. Toast to the fools. <laughs> oh, love you guys. Teaching love bitches how to swim in 2022 and 2023. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Teaching bitches how to swim. In the name of the Father and of the Son. And of the we need to record a uh, opener for Alexandra to be added because yes. she's on all these things. Hell yeah. yeah. We do need to record a new one. I'm tired of hearing my my old podcast podcast. Yeah, so we need to read it. Oh, ass little bitch. We we've advanced in, in our professionalism and our yeah. audio <laughs> charisma. When you call her, when you call her, uh, her voicemail on on the phone. Hey, this is oh, Alexander. <laughs> We should do an uh, ad where we like we, calling her. We do an ex- exaggerated pronunciation of her name with the world R that doesn't stop. We're just like. Say Alexander in Yeah, say I love it. No. Go for it. Jen, you're embarrassing me in front of my friends. Say it. No. Say it. It's like. Say it. Say it. My name is Alexandra. Alexandra. Roy Alexandra. And good night, everyone. Happy New Year. <laughs> Merry Christmas. God bless you all. <laughs> Is this inappropriate play? <laughs> I'm the player. Oh my God. <laughs> all right. What a year, guys. All right. Yeah. Another year. Another toast to the fools. Love y'all. This is uh, really fun doing the podcast with y'all. Yeah, I love you. Absolutely, yeah. love you guys. Love you, love you too. Guys. Another year down the hatch. All right, guys. We'll okay. Later. Later. Yes, we will. <laughs> Bye. Teach a business how to swim. Teach a business how to swim. Teach a business.